five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. can't live in the United States. Actually, it's United State. And uh, that was hauling us. Pardon me while I adjust the microphone. I hope it's not too loud. And I hope it doesn't disturb you while I do that. I think I'll just do the show today in AMSR. You'll have to listen really, really intently to what I have to say today. But it'll work because you'll really pay attention. How is everybody? Are we uh, are we having fun yet? So uh, that song isn't United States, but United State. And um, Daryl Hall was talking about the state of his relationship. That is a sort of punky new wave Hall and Oates. They had a period there, about three albums along the Red Ledge, which is, a, I think, probably one of their best and most underrated records. It has Robert Fripp on it, Rick Nielsen. Very cool. Um, they were getting a little experimental. And then they went to uh, Ecstatic, which is... Another kind of new wavy album, but it's a little too polished for, for my taste. Uh, David Foster produced it. And then uh, I believe United State is from the Voices record. And the Voices record is that record that's that transition record for Hall & Oates. And it's about, they're, they're almost like uh, four bands in one. You have the Blue Eyed Soul version, the early version, She's Gone. Huge, huge hit. Sarah Smile, huge hit. I think the record companies would have loved for them to just keep making those records. And then they take a weird turn and they get into like the the more the more punky new wave experimental stuff. They do that for three records. And then comes the hit period. The huge hit period. I think it was uh, Daryl's sister-in-law who was responsible for a lot of those hits. She started writing with the band, and I think a lot of those big hits uh, were with her. And then apparently she died of cancer. It changes things dramatically. Daryl Hall winds up divorcing her sister. I'm, I'm not sure it's because she got cancer. But coincidentally, the hits stopped coming as well. They kept making records but they weren't as catchy and uh, hit-worthy as they were before. 
Anyway, a little Hall of Notes trivia for you. Welcome to the show. How is everyone? We are back here in the center of the universe, or at least the center of my universe, the Hill Country, after being away for a few days and um, spending time in Austin, Texas. I did manage to skip the protests. I am not a big protest guy. I've been to two protests my entire life. One, one we would call a rally. I wouldn't call it even a protest. And that was in Austin. And that was what I think uh, last year during the summertime. And uh, there was a rally for people against vaccines. You know, the usual suspects were there. Uh, Del Bigtree, I think, was the final speaker. Del's always a good speaker. So that was a that was a rally. I wouldn't really call it a protest. I went to one protest when I was thirty, and it was against the uh, war in Iraq, as they were mounting their coalition of the willing. The only time. Other than that, I'm not that into protests. I don't really think they do a lot. That's just me, but uh, some people are very into it. We're going to get into some stuff around the United States today. And um, in 2020, March 13th, Donald Trump, former President Trump, essentially declared an emergency order. And there were two of them. One of them paves the way for the emergency use authorization of the vaccines. I believe that's the one on April 13th, a month later, if I'm not mistaken. I could be mistaken. I make mistakes every now and then. We all do. And anyway, uh, but the March 13th declaration was an interesting one in that it essentially ceded power to FEMA. And then the states broke up at that time. It's exactly what happened. And I've, I've talked about this before. So Trump's uh, idea, and it's an idea that I actually agree with, is that not every state would handle something the same way, given that they were supposedly fighting off the, uh, the, the great COVID menace, that each state was going to do it differently. So how they would handle it in a place like Wyoming, where there's not a lot of people, and there is a lot of just uh, natural, you know, six feet apart, safe spacing, right? Social distancing, versus a place like New York City, where that doesn't really happen. Uh, you can't have one rule fits all. So I actually agree with that. However, once that happened, and again, keep in mind that I think that for the most part, this was an imaginary crisis. Something was there. In November of 2019, I got very sick. I, I hadn't been that sick in a long time. And there was, last year, I, I kind of got ill, but it wasn't like that. Last year was more like I was I was run down. I was tired. Um, I had like three days where I just slept. 
Um, what else? Was it coughing? It wasn't really coughing all that much. It was just it was just more like being run down, fatigued, uh, a little bit of a high fever. Like I was, I was detoxing something. It wasn't like 2019. The 2019 thing was weird. It it, it was really weird because I was simultaneously hot and cold chills. It was weird. It was just and the whole relish with digestion was not good. Food was difficult to, I didn't lose my sense of taste, but it was just, it was a bummer because it was Thanksgiving. I wanted to eat and I'm like, I, I can't eat this. And then I had extreme pressure in my head. I remember uh, flying in the, uh, in the airplane coming down and landing. And every time I take off and land, it was, it was really painful intensely painful so so and it took me probably about two weeks to get over that thing it's very intense um and i think that whatever was going on was going on then and there and i feel like something was going on in the airplane that there was either you know the wi-fi in the airplane or because i was i was fine when i was in the airport and you know i didn't have any symptoms of being run down or anything but somewhere between austin and california something happened and it was almost immediate it's like when i hit the ground in california i started to just get run down and sick and i knew something was going to happen so i you know I, you load up on all your armaments your, your nutritional armaments and hope you can stave it off and maybe maybe it, it would have been worse i don't know but it felt like there was something going on with either the airport or the plane. And there were a lot of people traveling during that time. It was Thanksgiving. And I remember a lot of other people coming down with, you know, an illness during that period. I think the things that are impacting people now are a byproduct of the uh, emergency use authorization shots. And, And, and not only are they impacting them, but it's impacting others as well. I, the, the viral shedding is a real thing. And, um, and we're seeing some of the, some of the uh, blowback from it where even healthy, quote-unquote healthy people are experiencing very strange symptoms. So... That's not really what I wanted to talk about today, but I wanted to lay the groundwork for it because we're going to talk about what's going on with the United States since that executive order and how we appear to be balkanized and run in a very different kind of way than we've ever been run before, or at least the, the corporation is being run in a different way. But before we get into it, you know, we got some business to take care of and that's uh giving a nod to our sponsor, which is True Hemp Science, and also Chataria, the, the absolute best chat group on the internet. First, let's talk a little True Hemp Science. Oh, the gummies are back. I had myself a little gummy experience last night. And just like clockwork, the old gummies did their thing. They were fantastic. So, like I said on uh, yesterday's show, I believe, did I say it on Sunday night show? Went and 
<clears throat> excuse me, hung out with Chris and uh, got to see his operation in action. And it was almost like he was a medieval apothecary or something like that. You know, you go into, you go into his uh, shop and he'll not only tell you which CBD product does what, he'll also tell you how it does it. I think he likes that almost as much as he likes selling the CBD and <coughs> making people's lives better. So as soon as I say I wasn't coughing, guess what happens? I start coughing. Um, so if you're interested in CBD, and I've had a number of different CBD products, just to let you know. In fact, I think there was a time where I was actually, I think it was vaping CBD. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Maybe this is the vaping CD, CBD coming back. Um, Chris's stuff is the best I've tried. And I was doing some, uh, I guess it's Gaia, has a uh, CBD herbal blend for sleep. It's okay. It's okay, but it's not as good as the gummies. I'll tell you that right now. So if you spend $100 or more over at True Hemp Science, which is truehempscience.com backslash ref backslash 23, and you just type in 15 mins, one five M-I-N-S, you'll, um, you'll get some product. Chris will throw you some product. There was somebody who put in a very large order extremely large order and Chris was scrambling to put together the goodies to send to him on the side. He wasn't, he wasn't prepared. He wasn't prepared for a CBD whale to land in uh, his shop. But uh, I think he, I think he had enough product on hand and was able to not only fill the order, but then some. So that's how, that's how, and, and, and that came through this website, by the way, and through this broadcast. So that's how effective uh, his CBD is people. In fact, people keep coming back for it. All right, let's uh, let's get into Chataria. I once lived in a land named Chataria. It existed a long time ago, but its future is here and now. That's like a Richard Harris spoken thing. Remember, remember uh, MacArthur Park, the, Jim, the Jimmy Webb song? He had such a big hit with that. Somebody else was supposed to do that. I think Don McLean, who did Bye Bye Miss American Pie, was supposed to do MacArthur Park. And he passed on it. Bad career moved on. You had two songs that we were very familiar with, Starry Starry Night and Bye Bye Miss American Pie. If you'd done MacArthur Park, you'd hit the trifecta. All right, let's see who's here. We got Michael Pafford. What's going on? M uh, Ryan, the president of the International Woodworkers Union. What's going on, Ryan? Good to see you. Is there an actual woodworkers union? There might be. There's a union for everything. But the president of the International Introspective Woodworkers Union, that's a whole different organization. Miss Nakia is here. What's going on, Miss Nakia? Kappa Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Always great to see you. There's my man, Tomas Jordan. We got 
back-to-back Capricorns showing up today. Here she is, Double K, Catherine Kramer. Hucklebuck411 is here. David Hawk swooping in and landing. Landing in Chattaria today. Good to see you, David. Uh, there she is, the beautiful one herself, Wendy says. Good morning, Wendy says. Kelly B. What's going on, Kelly? Kelly, did you ever get into Hollow Notes at all? They were kind of an 80s band. They were 80s pop. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? Thor to door. There's my man, Steve. You know, we got some really great guests coming up on the Friday Farcast. I'm really excited. We're going to have uh, Mark Malone. This Friday, I have to have a conversation with the Krimis because we need to do a little adjusting. But we're going to have Mark Malone on this this Friday. And then next Friday, we're going to have Christopher Knowles from The Secret Sun. It's going to be great. We got the Krimis. Um, and then who else? I think I'm going to try to get Danny on here pretty soon, too. The... Uh, Dan- Danny's just Danny's Danny's got uh she's got she's got sack. Danny's got some huevos. Must be all that Aries in her chart. Anyway, we're gonna have Danny on, and Danny and I are gonna jam on words and uh Danny's uh theory on language. So she'll be on. And uh Steve shot me a, a video of Daryl Hamamoto, <laughs> which was great. Is he gets it? He he totally he totally gets it. I have I have no bone to pick with him over that video. Um, that uh, and he talked about he talked about uh, the transgender uh, drag queen story hour as it relates to Sabbatean uh, Frankism, Frankist Sabbateanism, right? So he's making the connection between the two. He's the perfect person to have on the show. Oh, speaking of on the show, well, get over here. Let's go. Come on. You neurotic ball of nerves. Yes. I know. You have to be on your show. Your public has been missing you. Yeah, they have. They've been missing you. Yeah, the show isn't the same without you. I'd agree with that. Okay, who else do we have? Uh, We have Lionsgate 08. What's going on? First time in ages catching a live. Well, hey, welcome. Welcome back, Lionsgate 08. Good to see you. Uh, Mark M is here, and he's uh, name-checking. What's going on, Brother M? PM, PMSO, LLC. What's going on, PMSO, LLC? Good to see you here as well. I know who that is. Uh, let's see, 69TM. Checking in. Yes, Janine. That's exactly who that is. Uh, who else do we have here? He couldn't go for that. You know, that's a song about a threesome. I've talked about that before. That's from the girlfriend's point of view. She's saying, I can't go for that. No. Abandoned Luncheonette is quite good. I agree with you, C-Pines. Very good record. Personally, I think their most underrated record is War Babies, produced by Todd Rundgren. There's lots of great songs in that. And they have a weird love-hate relationship with Todd. Uh, Santos and Johnny's sister, Anne, uh, wrote wrote all their songs. There you go. That's it. Yes, you got it. She wrote the hits. Absolutely. Thanks for clarifying that. Equicentric. Oh, yeah. Carrie Madej was in a plane crash. And uh, Dr. Zelenko apparently has cancer. He's having some kind of surgery. 
Look at Steve protest for amateurs. <laughs> Austin has been Californicated totally, 100%. Arlene Vega's here. What's going on, Arlene? Well, I've been to one World Fair, a picnic, and a rodeo, and that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard come over a set of earphones. You sure you got uh, today's codes? I've been to one World Fair, a picnic, and a rodeo. I have been to two World's Fairs. I've been to a few picnics and I've been to a couple of rodeos, but I've never been to a protest. I've been to uh, one protest. Let's see. Not many folks are following the 313 declaration. Thanks. Yeah, we're going to get into that because there's something big happening with it. And I'm going to try to expand on it a little bit today. Empath uh, says, I got really sick in November 2019. Yes, something was happening in 2019. It could have been the, uh, you know, uh, David Wolf talks about how the mRNA samples, you can buy mRNA online if you want to. We know what mRNA does. It creates spike proteins, which in turn creates an immune crisis in the system. Your body is saying, oh, what's going on here? We got to throw everything at this thing because we're getting these spikes. You are killing my fucking leg today. You got you to gotta go to the kitty spa. We got to deal with those claws. What Jasper lacks in teeth, he makes up for in claws. Yes, I know you know. So I think there's something to that. And I forgot that. Uh, Neo Wise, good morning to you. Happy Cancer New Moon. I guess we're here, right? Getting 12th house initiated. Mm -hmm. You got that uh, Cancer 12th house moon. Let's see who else we have. Tamara's here. AKA Scrubbies. Good old divide and conquer. Well, this is a really interesting, this is an interesting, we're going to use the word didactic. This is a very interesting didactic. Which side will control the narrative? And what is the subtext to it all? Um, so, so where do we draw the line between divide and conquer and separating the wheat from the tares? which I always thought was the wheat from the chaff, but apparently the, the biblical version of it is tares. It's a very fine line because we do have to separate the wheat from the tares. And the divide and conquer is part of that mix. So we're in this, we're in a really interesting flux state, which I'm going to try to touch on today. Don't shed on me. I don't think that. Don't shed on me, man. Keep your shedding away from me, brother. I don't need none of that shed. Keep your shed to yourself. Um, let's see. C. Pine says, I heard the jab referred to as a scheduled biological toxin. That seems to be a true expression. <laughs> okay. It's time. Let's release that scheduled biological toxin. Because... Uh, the AI says so. Maurice, that happened to Don and I about a month ago. We flew from Houston to Phoenix. Both of us were very much off kilter for at least the first four days. There's something about air travel. I'd be highly, highly aware of what is going on around you with air travel. Because you're first of all, you're in that condensed space. The air is recirculated. I don't know what kind of filtration system they use on those planes. 
or how long they swap those filters out. But you're basically in a, a giant aluminum, you know, tube with wings with a bunch of strangers. Might almost be better if they are wearing masks, but if I had to choose one over the other, count me in the mask-free zone. Uh, let's see. Oh, Liz Tamara said, I went to bed, forgot my gummy an hour or so later, went and got it. They work for sleep. I still don't sleep a lot, but it is now deep. Deeper is better. Uh, TJ said, FDA approved the jab for children so drug companies can get liability protection. That's a really interesting take, Tom. And uh, that sounds about right. Maurice says, we think it may have been radiation of some sort on that plane. So, I, I, you know, the planes are, you can get Wi-Fi on the plane. What are they doing with the Wi-Fi signal on the plane? That would be my, that would be my question. Because I think it's probably, I think it's probably tapped into that signal. All right, let's see who else we have here. Um, we all got extremely sick right before the big announcement in 2020 as well. They claim flu, but none of us have ever been that sick before. I've had the flu many times and nothing like that. I think a lot of it was mRNA. Michael asked, do people shed for a limited time or forever? Yeah, that's a good question, Michael. I think we're in uncharted territory because if it's an mRNA uh, technology, it's supposed to get into your uh, into your DNA, which is theoretically what it's supposed to do. And it's supposed to be a uh, vaccine factory. I mean, this was the whole idea. This is how they sold it to, to, to the people. And they used, uh, you know, the egghead with man tits, uh, Bill Gates, to sell this thing. And essentially what he was saying is, like, look, we're going to create the vaccine to end all vaccines. You're going to get this vaccine, this mRNA vaccine. It'll get into your DNA, and then it will literally produce the various antibodies that your body needs for any kind of you know, viral load or viral invasion. That's how good this vaccine is. That's how smart it is. Well, guess what? They were wrong, and they were lying. So that said... Does it do part of what they intended it to do? Does it live on? And does it continue to kind of morph into your body? Who knows what it does, really? I mean, we're in the realm of speculation. I mean, they may know because they may have modeled this stuff for the last decade on missing people, animals, clones, whatever, right? So they may have some predictive models that they absolutely do know about, unlike that dingbat Burks who we saw yesterday. Um, but I think it's a good question and I don't have an answer for it. I would assume that could be one of two things. And of course it would, you know, one is that the answer to that would be yes. And that it does continue to create something that is shed for as long as that person is around. Um, there is another theory that maybe uh, it could run out of its, shedding potential and then they're going to need another booster or another vaccine in order to either reignite it or keep the uh keep the shedding business open we're in uncharted territory so i guess we'll find out um the 69 tm has 
very interesting comment. A bowl of sticky rice before bed will aid in sleep. I did not know that. However, the sticky rice is very high in sugar and has a high glycemic count. For some people, that may not be the best thing. Um, but that's an interesting, I've never heard that before, interesting observation. Uh, let's see who else we have. Teze is here. Uh, American Pies and Ode to Tuesday Weld. Oh, interesting. I thought it was about Buddy Holly. I'll have to look into that. Carpenters have a union. Yes, but they do that. Do they have an introspective woodworkers of the world union? I don't think they do. Uh, Julie, Sunshine, uh, Julie Sunshine, triple three in the house. Hey, Ani Brito sighting in Nashville. Uh-oh, it means Ani's on the move. That's great. She's finally, she finally launched out of Cape Canaveral in uh, Florida for Ani. I do miss Ani. I hope she's well. Uh, Taze says, Chechen out. Mickey Clan on Rumble. She and team have delved deeply into a historical takeover of America that occurred with the Civil War. Well, okay, that's if the Civil War occurred the way that we believe it did. And I'm one of those people that doesn't believe that the Civil War happened the way that it did. Yes, I'm one of those oddballs that thinks that the Civil War was more of a uh, an exercise in destroying historical buildings and monuments. But you know why? You know, okay. The reason I think that's true is because you had all these people around the Civil War who were posing for pictures, and they look fucking ridiculous. And then you have pictures of buildings that are burned out, crushed. You see some cannonballs. You know what you never see? You never see pictures of people fighting. Never. And they had photography then. You never see pictures of people fighting during the Civil War. Renee is here. What's going on, Renee? Dave said there are old studies on Wi-Fi and planes. The main worry on using it was the fact that humans absorb it as it goes down the aluminum tube. Yeah, I think there's something to that, Dave. And see, the other thing we don't know is what they can piggyback in those frequencies. Yeah, sure, you can watch Sports Center on your phone or you can watch um, Good Morning America or whatever. But you know, what else is going on with those frequencies on the plane? What are they piggy piggybacking on that um, that Wi-Fi signal? Let's see. Phoenix, Arizona gets too hot for planes to take off. The air is too thin. One time when I was flying in Phoenix, Arizona, it was the most egregious um example of chemtrails i'd ever seen it was the weirdest thing i didn't know whether the the chemtrails were actually coming out of our plane or whether we were just riding on the you know the viscous vapor plume of the chemtrail it was really weird i could see it right outside my window in the plane it was very strange oh look here's your buddy max he's right there he's looking for you, you see him it's Maxie. Looks like he's had his food and he has morning constitutional. I should, you know what I should do? I should put a little uh, cat thing over there for you so you and Max can stare at each other through the window. So he sees you. He doesn't really want in, though. All right. Uh, cruises are the worst, I would agree. Ani's doing well, Robert. She, oh, great. 
Maybe I'll give a call and we'll talk. That'd be awesome. DJMC is here. What's going on, Michael? All right. Looks like we got everybody present accounted for. Let's start the show. Let's get into it. You know, so many podcasters say that now. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Jasper, what should I use? What should be my, let's get into it. How about, um, if it's 15 minutes of flame, it's, uh, let's light it up. How about that? Let's light it up. It sounds like we're passing the joint though. Let's light the fuse. Yeah, go see your friend. I know you see your friend. There he is. Go see him. But but don't go up there and knock my shit down because I think you're going to do that. And I'm going to have to build like a little cat thing or something. So he and his buddy can. All right. Let's talk about um, what's going on. First off, did you get, did you see, do you guys see this? Uh, <laughs> I might have to play her. Um, she's this. All right. Why don't I do this? I'll, I'll, I'll do this since uh, Christine isn't in chat and uh, she can't black pill any uh, political post or any political comment, which she's welcome to do, by the way. Um, but have you guys seen? Carrie Lake's interview with Brett Baer on Fox. Now, again, she's a politician. All right. She used to be a newscaster, but <laughs> Carrie Lake is kind of a badass. I'm kind of liking Carrie Lake. She may not win, but I got to tell you, she's pretty entertaining. And um, man, does she fucking take it to Brett Baer, who I really don't like. Um, let me see if I can find this thing. This is, a, this is brilliant. Because it's a Twitter thing. How many, how long is this? Hopefully it's uh I get the full full dose here. Let's see what we have. Yep. All right. So this is a uh, seven minutes. Then we're gonna get into uh eh, maybe I'll say I'll, I'll save her to the end. Let's play this Carrie Lake interview. Then we're going to get into the balkanization of the United States and how Roe v. Wade plays into it. Okay, let's do this. Here we go. You'll enjoy this. We've got a couple of important issues. We have a wide open border. We have fentanyl pouring in. We have the cartels with operational control. But that wouldn't be happening if we would have fair, honest elections. And we had a fraudulent election, a corrupt election. And we have an illegitimate president sitting in the White House. And because of that, our border is wide open. Five and a half tons of fentanyl was confiscated last year, enough to kill over two billion people. It's a weapon of mass destruction. And that's why we're going to secure that border starting 
starting on day one, after I take my hand off the Bible, we are going to issue a declaration of invasion. We're going to finish President Trump's wall, and we're going to send our armed National Guard to the border and stop people from coming across. You know, you I've been down there so many times, and people just pour in, and they've got a smile on their face. Because with Joe Biden, they feel they're going to stay here forever. And when I'm governor, they're going back. Just to circle back, you say that it's an illegitimate president. You say that the election was stolen. You speak a lot about this on the campaign trail, uh, talking about the 2020 election. This is the Arizona House Speaker, Rusty Bowers, uh, testifying in front of Congress last week. Anywhere, anyone, anytime has said that I said the election was rigged, that would not be true. There was no, no evidence being presented of any strength. Evidence can be hearsay evidence. It's still evidence, but it's still hearsay. But strong judicial quality evidence, anything that would say to me, you have a doubt, deny your oath. I will not do that. He's a Republican, he's a Trump supporter, and that's what he said. He's a rhino, and he hopefully will be defeated. He is an absolute rhino. Karen Fan even admits there were issues with the election, that it can't be certified. And here's what we have. 740,000 ballots that have no chain of custody. They cannot be authenticated, and they should not have been counted. 34,000 ballots that were counted two, three, and four times. People who moved who still voted in our election. There's a mountain of evidence, and I wish that the corporate media would start covering it instead of putting their head in the sand and acting like it didn't happen. We know what happened here okay just because we have well, why, a rhino saying me, it didn't I understand happen. I understand what you're saying um, the Attorney General obviously has talked about this at length uh, saying that they instructed US attorneys to pursue any specific credible allegations of substantial fraud and he found none including using very colorful language in his testimony I understand what you're saying but there have been as you know more than 70 court cases where there was not evidence and there was not any state legislature or governor that failed to certify an election including your own Republican Doug Ducey we did not have any court cases where the evidence was presented. We now have evidence that is admissible in a court of law, and I believe the day will come where we have that court case. We have an AG, Mark Burnovich, who has sat on a mountain of evidence and done nothing, including video evidence. We have the true the vote evidence. We have people who do not want to uncover the truth about our election, and it makes me wonder if they're afraid they really didn't win in previous elections. But don't worry, because when I'm governor, we're going to get to the bottom of it and, you and think we will that, have honest elections and you and think we will that Arizona citizens voters want to spend a lot of time looking at 2020 instead of looking forward from 2022 and on I'm with them every single day we draw record crowds Number one issue, because they know every other issue from inflation to the a border being wide open, not being able to afford um, gas and, and groceries, all stems from this corrupt election. We want an election day, not an election month. We want paper ballots and we want to get rid of these electronic voting machines, which is why I'm involved in a federal case right now to get them banned here in Arizona. All we want, Brett, is honest elections for our children and grandchildren. We want honest elections for Democrats. Mm -hmm. Independents and Republicans. We want to know that when we go to bed on election night, when we wake up the next day, we find out who won before we go to bed and we can live with that. But we can't keep having elections that nobody can live with and we can't yeah. have this level of fraud anymore. Understanding that every Republican leader in 
Washington says that Joe Biden is the legitimate president, everyone. Um, but I understand what you're well, running on. But let me. They're let sitting me, there in Washington. They're sitting there in Washington. Understood. They're not here in Arizona. This is what we you're just running need some on. I get it. Let journalists me just, to come out here and dig through this. Let me just ask you one thing. Uh, obviously, as a candidate, you come under scrutiny. The Washington Post has a story today. It says Arizona GOP candidate who criticized drag queens was once a fan, according to a drag queen. This is the quote. Arizona GOP gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake, who has attacked drag queens as dangerous to children, attended the shows of drag queen Richard Stevens for more than 20 years and once hired him to perform at her home. Do you care to address that? I do care. I actually do care to address that and I'm really shocked I'm actually appalled that Fox News would take defamatory story like that and we are pursuing legal action against this drag queen I'm appalled that you would bring that up when you have not talked about our stolen election you failed we just to talk spent about three that. questions Miss Lake talking about this I just you asked you a number of questions about it. I played the Arizona this House Speaker. This is the first of it. Let's address, this, let's address this story that's in the Washington Post. Every candidate takes wow. tough stories. I'm asking you to I'm, respond I'm to it to if you'd like it. to. I'm happy to address it, but I, I'm really disappointed in Fox. I thought you were a little better than CNN. <laughs> this is a person who I covered for decades, for decades, 20 years, and he's never been in my home. He says he's been in my home for a drag show. That's ludicrous. He's never been in my home. He's lied. We tried to serve him defamation papers. Okay. And he's so shady that we can't even track him down because he's not even welcome at the places what that if, he works. I'm sorry, but this is the last question I'm going to ask. What about these pictures of you with him, Richard Stevens? Brent, and the what about the, is, the post? I've performed for Carrie's birthday. I've performed in her home. That's not I've true. I've performed for her at that's some of true. the seediest bars in Phoenix. I don't want to ask these questions. I asked you to address them. I, actually, I think, you, I think you do want to ask them, but you don't want to ask about 2,000 mules. I think you do want to ask about this. This is absolutely ludicrous. I'm, I'm talking about drag shows in schools. This is what triggered this man. Somebody who goes to a drag show with female impersonators is one thing. We don't want our tax money going into drag shows at school. Okay, I understand and what you're making a difference the there, but you're I'm saying his allegations yeah. are wrong, is They're what you're false. saying. Yes, okay. I am. Right. And I'm really, I'm really appalled that you would spend time on a false story like that. It's shocking. Well, I think it's, you it's, didn't ask, it's important you didn't ask to have opponent. candidates address things that are coming up that might affect uh, a race. True. And I thought you would appreciate that. But you didn't that. ask my opponent, the establishment opponent who was here last week, you didn't ask her about her votes to allow illegal alien students to get a lower tuition than American students. You didn't ask her about okay. the 70 plus times that she raised tuition on American students. You didn't ask her any tough questions. That's and not here true. you have me on and you try to bring a defamatory story out. It's really sad. I Ms. thought Lake, there was hope. I really appreciate your time. Uh, we thought we'd address all issues that are on the table. That is all right. So what are my thoughts on that? My thoughts are she probably hung out with the drag the drag queen. That's my that's my that are my, those are my thoughts. She probably hung out with the drag queen. She probably went to bars where drag queens performed. Was he in her home? I don't know. She said no. Drag queen says yes. But I do think that there is a definitive line between performing in a bar for adults, consenting adults who think it's a hoot or whatever, right? And even if she did invite uh, the uh, drag queen into her home, 
It's not a public school. It's not drag queen story hour, which by the way, is not something that's just all of a sudden happened. Um, I started to spend um, some time last night with uh, James Lindsay's uh, latest two and a half hour lecture talk on uh, drag queen story hour and how you can actually trace the roots. I'm going to spend some more time with it and and maybe I'll try to extrapolate more on it. Uh, But it's clearly something that was instituted as a program. Clearly it's a program. And it is part of the Paolo Freire groomer school program of education. So does does Carrie Lake have to admit that? Yeah, sure. I had a, I had an entertaining relationship with the drag king or queen or whatever, right? There's pictures of her. It'd be hypocritical not to. That said, at what level is, you know, he defaming her? And if he wasn't in her home and they're trying to serve him papers, well, like, but th- I mean, that's my snuts. The thing that I really like about that interview, she's got a lot of presence, that woman. I, again, I don't know anything about her, but she, in that, you know, in that interview, she had a lot of presence and she made a little, little Brett Bayer sweat. And, um, you know, she may never be governor. And if she is governor, she may just be another, you know, another rhino. Who cares? At least it's entertaining. And in that moment, I was entertained. And in that moment, I think that she had some points that uh, he felt very, uh, she turned the, she turned the interview around. She went on the offensive. Anybody who's a political candidate should watch that interview. And she made Fox News a little hot under the collar, which was good. They deserve it because they're bullshit. And even Tucker is, you know, he's a release valve. That's Tucker's role. All right. So I wanted to play that and uh, kind of get you guys in the mood here a little bit. So let's talk about Roe v. Wade and the implications. Uh, so now that this thing has been passed and we're still dealing with some of the blowback around. Remember yesterday I mentioned uh, governor uh, Whitler from Michigan and they have a law in the books. that has been there for quite a long time since the 1930s. that says that abortions are illegal. And now that there's no uh, federal prophylactic for it, that means that that law is now the law of the state of Michigan. And she's going to do everything in her power to get that law overturned so that the state of Michigan can then be in the business of providing abortions again. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. This is a state. Now remember every state has their own relationship to what's now taking place. Two states that I know of Missouri and Louisiana said no more, right? So if you're somebody who lives in Missouri, don't worry, you can go to Illinois. And I'm sure Lori Lightfoot will have the key to the city waiting for you or the key to the state. You just have to cross over that uh, state line, right? So even there, like, that's like not that big of a deal. You know, look at, look at the three Western states, California, uh, Oregon, Washington. You think it's going to be hard to get an abortion there? No, it'll be fine. Nevada, Nevada is traditionally, Nevada used to be a red state, but then they became interminably quote unquote blue. So you could be in Nevada. You can get an abortion if you wanted to. Like some of these States aren't that far apart. I guarantee you, New Mexico will be one of those States where you can still get an abortion. If you live in Texas and you want to get an abortion, 
there you go. It's not that far away, right? It's just not that far away. In many cases, most of the Southern states, the red states, they're all going to be kind of on the same page. Although Georgia will be interesting because um, there's a heavy, heavy, heavy blue presence in Georgia. So Georgia will be one of those states that'll be interesting. But even if you're in Georgia, right, or if you're in Florida and you don't, you know, you don't want to keep your baby and Georgia says, hey, we're good, we'll do that, you're not that far away. Who knows? Maybe even North Carolina, same deal. North Carolina's one of those purple states. Um, but Michigan is now trying to get this thing. Now, the thing with Whitler is that she has made so many political enemies over the, the past three years since she was elected. She's coming up for re-election again, by the way. Um, that I think it might be hard for her to garner enough political capital to get this law changed. Although some of these people will just do anything and, and they'll, they'll sign their lives away. And, you know, Kathy O'Brien's from Michigan. Keep that in mind. She's from Michigan. And what did her dad do? Her dad signed, signed her life away so that he could start making money and get contracts. And he didn't give a shit about what happened to his daughter. That's Michigan. Guy Vanderjack, the governor of Michigan, was one of the first people that availed himself of Kathy O'Brien's very young body. Gerald Ford later on, right? So Michigan's got a dark history with this stuff. So maybe, you know, moving forward, they'll, they'll just do the same thing, right? And so Whitler may have nothing to worry about, but because she's burned a lot of political capital, it may not be as easy. Okay, so let's keep going with this a little bit. Uh, there, so one of the things that's come up with overturning of Roe v. Wade and tossing it back to the states is the fact that um, there, there is no medical privacy. And we had a, a decision in Florida, was it the 12th District Court in Florida? And it was last year or the beginning, early this year, rather. And they said, um, no, you don't, you don't need to uh, wear a mask on a plane, right? I mean, there was, it was a kind of a definitive statement around the protocols for the quote-unquote pandemic. Well, there's another court now that's coming over the top and basically is saying, we're going to rule against this. And a lot of it has to do with Roe v. Wade, because now a lot of these decisions, especially medical ones, are going to be open to interpretation around uh, privacy, HIPAA laws, you know, all, all that other stuff. So the, the, the challenge is that, look, Jasper, yes, I know, you're not going to get vaccinated, I promise. You will not get vaccinated I'll take care of you. Yeah, I know. I know. I got your back. I don't. I think he had some. He's only had one shot. You had a rabies shot, didn't you? When you were a little kitty. He's got a tracking device right back here. You can probably feel it. Yeah, that tracking device is probably listening in on me. Yeah, you're a spy. You're a total spy. 
Anyway, um, there's a theory, a legal theory now, that as, as a result of Roe v. Wade, because there is no longer, quote unquote, any medical privacy, that they can retroactively go back and figure out who was vaccinated, who wasn't vaccinated, who had a uh, fake vax passport, right? So, so there's this undercurrent of this thing now. And we live, we live in a, we live in a world where we have an action, we have a reaction. And remember, we're in the sign of cancer, so you see the the zygote. Really, it's kind of like a zygote, right? It's the yin and the yang, and you have this yin yang kind of experience going on right now. So we go one way, and then the energy comes back, goes the other way. Energy comes back this way, and it goes back the other way, and that's where we are. So there's that, right? They're, they're now looking to overturn a lower court's decision on vaccines, mandates, and the old masqueroo. So this is, we're now, this is like a Deadwood. This is like the Wild West now with legal rulings. Okay, so there's that. There is that. Now, let's talk about the, the broken union. Because I don't feel like we've been a country since that day. And I've talked about this before. That we are, uh, you know, we're balkanized. And we have one state that will do one thing, another state will do another thing. We have one state that governs in a very distinct way. Another state wants to govern in a different kind of way. I mean, to some extent, it, you know, it makes sense if the majority of the people in that state want that kind of governance. But if they don't, then you have the rule of the few determining the rule of the many. I think that's what they call democracy. Um, and you know, no other state exemplifies that more than Oregon, where you have two cities, Portland and Eugene, pretty much determine how the rest of the state is gonna live, which is uh, unfortunate. Okay, so we have this. We know this is going on, right? We have California disallowing people who work for the state to travel to Texas. If they have state travel, somebody from California has state business with somebody in Texas, you can't go there now. I mean, that's how fucking ridiculous this thing has gone. But here comes the kicker, all right? This is the rumor, and it did not come out of Q World. So just frame that. It did not come out of Q World. So the rumor is, is that the Supreme Court is working on nullifying every federal department and agency at a state level. Think about that for a minute. That means that the EPA, the FDA, the DOD, anything that's related to the federal government that has its hooks into, this, into the various states, those relationships will be nullified. So the Supreme Court, this is a bit of a whisper, this is what I've heard, is actually working on this that this is the master plan, that 
And again, I don't trust any of them. Maybe Alito a little. And maybe Thomas a little. I'm not, I'm not hung up on the Anita Hill thing or the pubic hair in the, in the Coke or whatever. I'm just, no, it's not. In the grand scheme of things, it's fucking myself. Oh, by the way, speaking of illicit sexual activities, Ghislaine Maxwell is supposed to be sentenced today. I've heard that she's on suicide watch. I saw a picture of her. Look at a picture of her. It didn't even look like her. Do you really think that this is Ghislaine Maxwell? I, don't, I, I, think, it's very, I think it's very possible that whoever was a stand-in for that picture. I mean, she has been away out of the public eye for a while. She's probably had a shitty diet. I mean, again, it, that's if even if she... The whole thing, the whole story around this is just, it's just weird. Her, her trial lasted, what, all of like two weeks. And yet we had um, pretty close to almost, almost two months of Johnny Depp. That trial lasted six weeks, maybe more. And they wrapped up the Maxwell thing like that, right? No witnesses. No, no it wasn't televised. What we saw was we saw pictures of somebody who was rendering Elaine Maxwell, who may or may not have been actually at that trial. So it's really hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that any of that was even real to begin with. And if it was theoretically real, then whoever this person is, you know, that's been under some, some kind of uh, incarceration for the last, what, I guess almost going on a year now, that they've had a different diet, that, that they haven't had all the, you know, the great food and the workouts and the trainers and the massages. So as a result of that, she may look different, right? But then again, she just might be somebody completely different. Anyway, getting back to this thing. You know, I, this is, again, it's just a whisper. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it could. Because astrologically, we're dealing with the Pluto return of the United States. And Roe v. Wade is part of that Pluto return. What happened? Well, the law returned to its former status prior to 1973 when Norma McCorvey was, for all intents and purposes, the, uh, the patsy, right? The Manchurian candidate of the so-called left. And the guy who was you know, on the other side of this thing, Henry Wade was a fucking shill. He was a shill. He was, he was the, he was supposed to represent Lee Harvey Oswald, but then he wound up representing Jack Ruby. Well, he's dead now. Just represent this guy. Okay. And then what happened to that? And, you know, another show trial, Jacob Rubenstein winds up going to prison, dies in prison. There are interviews with him, by the way, in prison. Um, died of cancer. So, Roe v. Wade is part of the Pluto return because it's returning to the place that it was in 1973 or pre-1973. That was, you know, that was the law. It was up to the states, right? So what they did was they went to codify this because the state of Texas would not abort Norma McCorvey's baby, which, by the way, she had. And it's called Baby Roe, and she's actually done interviews was given up for adoption. So state of Texas said, no, we're not going to, we're not going to abort your baby. 
So then eventually they took this case to the Supreme Court, and that's exactly where it went. And that's when it was ruled upon. And we looked at that on the Sunday night show. Uh, we got to decline this for a second. So if that's true, and it is true, that it is being reverted to its original state and original ruling, then could it follow that there would be other things that would revert back to the way they were before government became this massive uh, mutational kind of golem that just, you know, destroys things like privacy and rights. And, um, you know, it's a, you know, one ring for all, right? But it's the wrong ring. Like, could this occur? Could they move to deplatform all of these federal entities at a state level? They could. They could absolutely do it. And that they would have case precedent in order to do it. Now, think about the ramifications for that. I'm not saying they will, but they could, and they might. And the reason they might is because of the Pluto return. And the Pluto return being that this country would return to something else before it had become metastasized. Think about the ramifications of that for a minute. Yes, and I know these people are Jesuits, and I know they're all weird, right? They're all weird. Amy Coney Barrett's weird. Brett Kavanaugh's weird. They're all weird. Uh, John, uh, what's his name? Really fucking weird. Uh, who's the head of the Supreme Court? Anyway, this would be interesting because it would do a couple things. And it's funny, who, who was I talking to? I was, oh, yeah, I was talking to this guy from Hawaii last week. And he, he, uh, he got here because he hated what was going on in Hawaii. It was, it was becoming absolutely tyrannical. So he had, I told the story. He had the shirt, taxation is theft. And um, one of the things he said was, if I were the governor of the state, I would not allow any federal law enforcement in this state. That'd be the FBI. And maybe you would have to deal with the border patrol because they're federal, but you could, you could hire your own border patrol people. And I thought that's interesting. That's really interesting. Well, if they go down this path, that's exactly what will happen because the FBI is part of this metastasized organization known as the federal government. And they could theoretically rule on this and think how radical that would be. I mean, that would pump the brakes on everything. And I mean, everything, including the world economic forum, the great reset, everything. And would the Supreme court put themselves out of, out of a job and out of work? Probably. And maybe that's what they want. Maybe somewhere deep down inside, they're like, hey, fuck this shit. We're, you know, we're, we're going to take this country back. 
Now, are they compromised? I'm sure. I'm sure Brett Kavanaugh's compromised. He worked for Bush. He did some shady shit. I don't know enough about Alita, but he seems like out of the you know the entire crew, even though he's a Jesuit, um, he's probably the one that's the least compromised. So this is going to be very interesting to see. We already have the precedent for this, which is March 13th. We're no longer operating as a country. We're operating as independent states who have independent ways of doing things, of administrating, of organizing. You know, Gavin Newsom's about to drop a big stimulus surplus on the people of California so they can afford gas for a couple of weeks. Big fucking deal, right? Is Texas doing that? No, no, not going to, not going to happen. But if Texas was smart, Texas would say, fuck you to the uh, current administration and say, we're going to open up our own leases and we're going to start our own pumping or our own refiner, refining. But Abbott won't do that. He, he, Abbott doesn't have the cojones. Plus, he, uh, he's a uh, weeping wall whaler. Let's put it that way. WWW, weeping wall whaler. He's been to the wall a couple of times. They managed to kind of push that wheelchair right up against the wall, put a yarmulke on him, and, you know, he could, he could do this. So I think this is interesting. Now, it may be nothing. It may be a big nothing burger, but you're going to see it's the whole thing is really funny. Really, really funny. Yeah, I'll, I'll do the, I'll do the ironic parallel in a second, but you're going to see, I think this legal wrangling going on because you're going to, you're going to, you're going to see either courts and judges, some of whom were appointed by Obama, some of whom were appointed by, by Trump, some of whom have been there, you know, longer than both, appointees, right? Or the presidents that appointed them. And you're going to see this legal wrangling. There's going to be a, a major war going on in the courts. But ultimately, it's going to be the Supreme Court. Now, they haven't left yet. They were supposed to leave. They're, they're working on something else. Now, some people are saying that they're working on um, the gay marriage thing. Well, I think they're going to, I think they're working on the big, the big package the big picture. And they've got the, again, they have the votes now and who knows, maybe, maybe they're going to you know, go run their dominionist program because they're, they're, you know, Amy Coney Barris is charismatic Catholic and Mike Pence was the person who was really responsible for her getting onto the Supreme court. She taught at Notre Dame, which is in Indiana, which is where Mike Pence is from. They're both these dominionist charismatic Catholics. Right. So maybe what they're trying to do is clear the path for their version of what they think America should be, which that part concerns me as well, because I'm not really down with that. You know, so that's not what I believe that we should be uh, indulging in, living in, living through a theocratic state. I mean, I guess it could be worse. It could be uh, a Sharia law state. Or it could be a Noahide law state. I don't know. It's just, it's like we have this document, and the document has, you know, some 
the document has some standards, clear standards. And as long as that document was governed by and lived through, it could be very, very successful. The big problem is the metastasization, the metastasizing of the federal government. That's the big problem. So the federal government, let's, let's just say what they're here to do. They're here to do a few things. They're here, number one, to defend the borders. That's it, right? They're here to, to regulate interstate commerce laws. That's it. So that somebody who's driving a truck from New Jersey to California, as they pass through various states, that they're not going to be held up by those various states, that there is a one law for all, which I am in agreement with. They're here to theoretically provide a standing army and negotiate treaties with foreign countries. That's it. The last one, I'm not even sure that they should have a lot of power over. Now, remember, I didn't say taxation was a part of that because taxation is part of the federal government, right? It's part of everything that has been assembled in this country since what, 1856. So if they go down this path and they essentially invalidate all of these federal agencies, more likely that would include the IRS. Now, and why wouldn't they do that? Or here, let me rephrase the question. Why would they do it? Because we're not a country anymore. We're not a country anymore. Now, this would be interesting. Let's say the Biden administration gets wind of this, or whoever, whoever this is, right? Obama, Susan Rice, whoever. And they look at that Emergency Authorization Act and say, we got to end this because these people right now are using this and they're going to use it against all these programs that we have. That's interesting. Because then if they remove that Emergency Authorization Act, that means everything associated with the vaccines then becomes null and void. This is a very interesting game that's going on. And you know, I'm enjoying sitting back and watching it. I'm even enjoying watching the whole Cary Lake thing. Like, do we have any investment in Cary Lake winning? She might be interesting. Who knows? Maybe she'd be as much of a firecracker as the governor as she would be for the interviews. Hey, let's put it to the test. Let's field test this thing. Let's see what happens. Why not? But at the very least, that was a very entertaining interview. Brett Bayer was uncomfortable. She did this thing with this woman from CNN, and she just put her right in her fucking place. Carrie Lake used to be a newscaster, so she knows how to do these things. She knows how the media works. She's very smart. I think she was also like a beauty queen or something like that at one point. But I feel like this is a really important discussion to have. Something big is happening. Something really big is happening. And you could look at it one of two ways. That when Roe v. Wade was repealed and thrown back to the States, it opened up doorways. It opened up portals for both sides to begin to manipulate the legal process. 
But ultimately, it could be decided by five individuals inside of the Supreme Court. And those five individuals could, by precedent, if they want to, based on what happened on March 13th, invalidate every single federal agency inside of the states. Now, what would that mean? It would mean that the states would have the ability to make their own treaties and or their own relationships with those entities. That's what it would mean. So if California wanted to have it all back the way it was, California said, well, sure. We're going to continue this relationship. Do you think every state will do that? No. They're going to be states. They're going to say, look, we don't want this. We don't need it. So does that mean that they would stop getting federal money from the government? Probably. Would that be a bad thing? Ultimately, no, it wouldn't. Because they'd have to figure out how they would you know, make up for the shortfall of the revenue. Because there's always strings attached with the revenue. Always. They're poison pills. So it would be one of those things where, you know, it's like forced austerity. And you take it on. Not No, it would be voluntary austerity. You take it on. You just take it on and say, okay, we're going to do this for a while. It's going to be rough. But in two to three weeks, two, two to three years, not two to three two to three years, we'll be back and we'll be better than we were before. That's quite possible, by the way. I'll tell you a state that has a lot invested in this is Kentucky. Because Kentucky, the Biden administration is, go, is going out. So they're going after these legacy, um, these big legacy corporations and, and um, products, assets, resources. Right when they got in, the top of the list was energy. Petroleum, oil, gas, coal, they just went after it. They didn't waste any fucking time, right? They're going after tobacco now. They're going after tobacco in Kentucky. Now, theoretically, if you're a tobacco farmer in Kentucky, it might, you, you might welcome the fact that they're going to reduce the amount of nicotine theoretically in a cigarette. By the way, do you know how they make nicotine uh, cigarettes? They actually strip the nicotine out. They strip it out. They strip it out of the leaves and then they run the leaves and they spray it back in. That's, that's how they are able to put the additives in the cigarettes because whatever concoction they're spraying the leaves with includes the nicotine because they've stripped it out. I, I never knew this before. I just thought that, you know, they have the leaves and they spray the shit on it. So they can theoretically reduce the amount of nicotine. And if you're the tobacco industry, you might be thinking, well, gee, you know, we we will sell more cigarettes because people have to smoke three times more to get the nicotine buzz. But there are some people that think that that's just the first stop along the way and that they will absolutely completely paralyze the tobacco industry in this country. Now, I know we talked to my friend Linda, who is a big uh, hemp advocate, and Rand Paul and Mitch McConnell were the people who were really going after the legalization of industrial hemp. 
for their state, because I think they knew that this was coming, that they knew at some point in time they would have to replace tobacco as a crop. Um, but there are, and there are a number of, uh, you know, huge conglomerates, RJ Reynolds, they're big tobacco growers. Would it be, would it be such a, 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 a bad thing for them to have to, you know, deal with the fact that, you know, they're not creating poisons for people? Maybe, maybe, but it's another one of those things that the states then could determine what they want to do, right? Like Kentucky would say, eh, you know, we're trying to cut some deals with you guys, uh, but uh, we're going to go, we're going to go back to, you know, our, our, you know, our level of production and the things that we, and again, I'm not necessarily condoning that. Although it's been proven that nicotine for some reason, for some reason, the powers that be are afraid of nicotine. And I've heard everything from that. It, that it stops the uh, uh, cytokine or cytokine storms to that. It actually interferes with the high 4g and 5g uh, brainwave uh, uh, patterns right? Like nicotine disturbs them. And the other thing that's interesting about nicotine is that, and they've done this before, they've had people that were heavy tobacco users and they've exhumed their bodies and not one single worm has gone after them. Meanwhile, the non-tobacco users have been devoured by worms, right? It's interesting. It's like, we don't want anything to do with this. So maybe there's something there. You know, maybe there's some, maybe Maurice has got something right here. And that uh, he's he's found uh, this uh, this elixir that uh, helps for long term health in a weird way. Anyway, th I think this is this is interesting, and we're it's following this pattern of when the United States was broken up on March thirteenth, and then the follow up a month later with April thirteenth. So if that's true, then why wouldn't the Supreme Court? then begin to rule along those lines. And obviously you have somebody like uh, Eric Adams, you know, Kathy Hockle, but most Eric Adams, who told the Supreme Court to go pound sand. Like, go pound sand. Yeah, we know that you changed your rules for concealed carry. We don't care. We don't care. You know who else did that? Cuomo did that when the Supreme Court said, hey, you got to open up your churches again, your temples, your synagogues, right, for worship, said the same thing. Fuck you. Go pound sand. So that's where we are. And if you're somebody, look, these people may be compromised, but at the end of the day, right, I think we all have some degree of character and standards. And if you theoretically take your job seriously, and I would assume even with their level of compromise, that they would take their job seriously or else, you know, why would they be there? By the way, I'm still waiting for that Katanji Brown Jackson to uh, put on that robe. Really won't, really won't matter. But I would think that when you have somebody, well, what's interesting too about Cuomo is he told him to go fuck off. He really did. And then, how much longer was he governor of New York? Not much longer after that, was he? Mm -mm. Is there a connection between the two? Maybe. I don't know. 
maybe it's just you know the universe reflecting back the uh, the boomerang of hubris. It's like, okay, you're going to be an asshole. Well, we'll get you out. Now they didn't get him out for the things that he was really guilty of, but um, you know he told the Supreme Court, "Fuck off!" And guess what? He's not governing anymore. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Eric Adams because he basically did the same thing. He'll be a good test case. Some of these other governors, uh, like Whitler, and you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Something is changing here. Something is connected to this Pluto return that I think is interesting. And the deconstruction, we have Pluto retrograde, Neptune's gone retrograde. So Neptune retrograde, I think, is actually good because it's kind of like, you know, the tide comes in and it brings a lot of shit in from the ocean. And then the tide comes out and you get to see what's littered there on the shoreline. You know, ooh, look at that. So with, with Neptune retrograde, we're going to see this. So this is a very interesting time. We have Neptune retrograde, Saturn retrograde, Pluto retrograde, three biggies in this, this, this motion of revelation of showing things. It's, it's even like the, you know, the receding waterline of like Lake Mead and they're finding like dead bodies and shit in there. I mean, that's, you know, clearly Neptune's just gone retrograde. But that's kind of what it's like. It's like now all of a sudden, as this you know recedes, you had Lori Lightfoot, you know, basically telling Clarence Thomas to fuck off. Or I mean, this is terrible. And don't think that these people don't have a sense of pride. Don't think that they don't. They do, even if they are compromised. Trust me, they do. And they're sitting in the theoretical most powerful seats in the country. Even if they are compromised, they are humans, they have emotions. Sometimes those emotions might get in the way of what they're doing. Hello, Ruth Ginsburg. But other times they're fuel to invest in legal decisions that will show people what's going on and will teach them a lesson. So just hang back here. This is going to get super interesting, really, really interesting. And um, on both sides, because the other side will use these openings to try to advance their agenda as well. So we shall be entertained. I can tell you that right now. Okay, Jasper, are we out of here for today? Want to say goodbye to your fans? Oh, look at him. Yeah, we're going to have some Jasper merch soon, I promise. You want a Jasper mug? Yeah, we're going to have a Jasper mug, aren't we? We'll have a Jasper mug. We'll have a 15 minutes of flame mug. And eventually we'll get the, ch the uh, Chataria stuff. That'll be really cool. All right. Use your head in order to discern what's real. Your heart said what's possible. Go to my website if you want to come out on Saturday. If you're in the Texas area or you feel like you just got to get out here, um, you're welcome to pitch a tent on my lawn. Somebody said, and sleep with the scorpions. We can scorpion free your tent. Trust me. That could happen. Anyway, my website has the, uh, let me just show it really quickly here in case you're uh, wondering right here. Right there. $27 gets you 
bunch of really great food. We'll have uh, chicken, barbecue chicken. We've got sausages. We've got brisket. We got potato salad. We got coleslaw. We got watermelon. We've got two types of chips. We got drinks. Um, what else? Peach cobbler. It's going to be a party. So right there. And then uh, I'll be going to the uh, hotel tomorrow, do a walkthrough and try to lock down, you know, some of the logistics. And once I do that, I'll have the link for you people to uh, get your tickets for the October event. All right. Use your head in order to service real. Your heart's in what's possible. I'm Robert Phoenix. Have yourself a great day and uh, take care and bye for now.